Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs and have some fun. All right, how you doing, everyone? I'm Russ Salzberg, and welcome once again to Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com and the Giants app. The number, as always, for you nice people to call is 201-939-4513. That's 201-939-4513. And joining me today, after uh, spending an unpleasant Thanksgiving Day in Dallas, my good buddy Paul Dottino. Now wait a minute. The roof was closed. <laughs> it was and still even a, though the weather was miserable. Trust me. The roof was closed. You can't BS a BS artist. Don't tell me you had a good time in Dallas. All right? <laughs> okay. All right. But uh that being the case, uh the Giants are seven and four, and uh, no one's gonna lie to wish they uh weren't eight and three or nine and two. But uh it's all in front of them. Uh, they take care of business. They will be a playoff team. If they don't, they won't. It becomes that simple. But the good mm-hmm. thing, Paulie, is we are seeing some of the walking wounded getting healthier and being back uh, ready to rock and roll. I wish we could give you more of an injury report, but uh, today the Giants are faced with really bad rains here in yeah. North Jersey. So they're going to be practicing inside. I guess they're going to be heading out there in another 15 minutes or so. Uh, so we, we're not able to see anything while we're in the studio. We don't have a window out to practice. So we're not going to be able to give you any information as to guys who may or may not be out there. Coach Dable is going to, I guess, give the writers a couple of moments just before they start the practice. So we're a little bit at a disadvantage. But based on what we know yesterday, it looks very good for uh, Neil Bellinger and Feliciano to come back on offense, and on defense, uh, Ojolari and Moreau. So that would be five guys coming back from the injured zone, if you will, to potentially help the Giants against Washington. And I think we could all breathe a sigh of relief, uh, especially uh, about the potential for Neal and Bellinger, because the Giants are a heavy right-running team. And Neil is the right tackle, 
and Bellinger as the tight end usually lines up on his right shoulder. Yeah, Be- Bellinger's a guy, uh, I mean, um, I'm not saying he came out of nowhere. They drafted him because they thought he could play. But Bellinger's a guy who, I don't want, Salud. Excuse me, salud. I don't want to say he um, came out of nowhere. That would be unfair. But I didn't expect him to be as impactful as he was early on. I, I think that's... Not only is that fair, Russ, I think it was easier to see his impact after he was yeah, removed that, from the lineup you know than what? while he was in it. Well said. That's probably a, a better way of phrasing it. His impact, you really understood the impact of his absence when, when he wasn't in there. But let me ask you this. Phil Feliciano come back. Uh, he plays center? That's the likelihood. Uh, we've been told by Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator, that this week they're going to be rotating the guards right. on the left side to try to figure out you know, which guy deserves to get the snaps come Sunday. That would probably mean Bredesen and Gates are in competition for those spots because we know that Azudu has the neck, so he's not working right now. Right. And, um, you know. I I can't say enough about and I know. And Lemieux re-injured his toe. Yeah. Uh, Well, a plus and a minus because that that is now becoming very frustrating for me uh, watching Lemieux because he just can't seem to get healthy. And it's, you know, it's been a couple of years now, so uh, you scratch your head. On the flip side of that, I can't say enough uh, about Nick Gates and and just putting uh, icing on the cake for him to be named the Ed Block uh, Courage Award winner. This uh, it's just awesome to, to think where he was and and we're watching him in Dallas being a very important part. I mean, we're watching a guy who's you know the, the leg was shattered. I mean, he had seven operations, infections, and this and that. We didn't know what the hell was going to happen with the leg, let alone play, let alone play in the National Football League. And there he was. It's just a, it's a remarkable story, and it's a testament of you want to talk about willpower and guts and grime and courage and what that's that wraps it up in a nutshell. I will say this: it's an excellent week to try this trio on the inside of the line because you're looking at Allen and Payne, probably the best defensive tackle duo in the National Football League today. Washington has two absolute studs playing interior defensive line. What's the best way to try to combat those guys, to try to contain those guys, and to try to get some stuff done against them? The best way? Mm is to fight them in a steel cage match. Well, what do we know about Feliciano? Remember what Bobby Johnson calls him, dirtbag? Because he's just a real scrapper. He's like a pit bull. Right. What do we know about Nick Gates? He's like a pit bull foaming at the mouth? No, Nick, Nick, Nick Gates... Le- when he plays? Be- oh, yeah. Oh, no, the best way I can describe Nick Gates, folks, if you have to be in a dark alley or if you have to be in a barroom brawl, and I've heard people say this about this Giants team. And for the last few years, since he's a Giant, the one guy you yes. want with you yes. is Nick Gates. Yes. So, yeah, he's more than a pit bull uh, foaming at the mouth. He's like a, a raging, no pun intended, a raging bull. Okay, <laughs> so think about this yeah. now. Gates and Feliciano and Glowinski's one tough son of a bitch right. At, yeah. at right guard. 
So now you have those three guys on the interior against those two absolute stud defensive tackles for Washington. If there's ever a combination of guys who might be able to go nose-to-nose with those two guys, it would be these three Giants. Yeah, no, I, I would concur with that. Because they will they will not back down. Yeah. They will not. You know, th- th- listen, th- to call this coming week uh, uh, a week's game against the Commanders uh, a big game is an understatement. Because, it, l- listen, it's going to be December 4th. It's got playoff implications it's it's fun for us to be back in this position. Uh, I, I have to say this. Uh, it was the first time, Paul, in a very long time, at least this season, where it was discouraging for me going into Thursday's game. I just felt we were... And I, said, I had said that to you on, on Wednesday. I, I just felt the Giants were up against it big time. They were hugely undermanned I didn't think I didn't think they could win the game and then I'm watching the first half and I'm saying son of a gun these guys are playing there for lack of a better term their asses off they're playing really hard they, they were really you know giving it their best and and quite frankly they just were on demand and and you could see it you you, you could watch who Daniel Jones had to throw to and you were watching who Dak Prescott had to throw to. Uh, mm-hmm. You were watching the secondaries of both teams. It was just, they were on demand. And, and again, folks, you've heard us say it time and time again. You hear the coach, coaches say it all the time. And that's the mentality you have to have. Next man up, next man up. But you've heard me say it time and time again, and I've said it to the coaches. That's all fine and dandy, coaches. But there's a reason guys are starters, there's a reason guys are backups, and there's a reason why guys are backups to the backups. So mm-hmm. the good news is we're getting guys back. Paul, be- before we you know, go on to some other things, let's just address, if we will, what I call, I'll call the elephant in the room because Odell Beckham Jr. is coming in for... Uh, you know, a visit, a visit tomorrow. And NFL Network, by the way, just cited Von Miller of the Bills. Uh, they just had it on the crawl. He says that Beckham is going to be in Buffalo on Friday. Well, he's been saying that the last couple of days, so that's not uh, you know. Everybody makes it earth shattering. No, no I, I thought that he was going to go to Buffalo after the Giants, but now they're saying no, it's Friday. Friday. No, it's, it's been but Friday. I thought the Giants' appointment was supposed to be Thursday and Friday. No, that I that I didn't know. Although he could I, still I, be here in the morning and I, then leave. Yeah, I I would just say this because I'm I'm being inundated with, with this question, and I'm sure you are, Paul. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Here's what I say is going to happen, and this is not inside information. This is just, for me, what I know about the organization, what I've come to know about ownership, what I've come to know about uh, the new hierarchy, which is Joe Shane and and Dave's Brian Dable. I, I think in the end, ownership leaves it up to Joe Shane and Brian Dable. That's why they brought him here. Having said that, I think there are three factors involved here. Numero uno. And everybody's, I mean, I get it. I can't walk any place. I, I, I mean, I, I went on my run this morning and people were stopping me. Number one, does, would OBJ fit into what 
Shane and Dable want as a member of a team? How would he fit into their philosophy and that? You would agree, concur with me on that? Well, that's definitely one of the factors. I think injury health well, is first. I, well, injury. Be- I think that's number one. Be- well, uh, yes, th- that that's a given. You're 100% right. So let me <laughs> rewind a second. Okay. No, no, because that's the, you know, everybody's been saying, you you read everything. It, you know, it's been the sweepstakes. Oh, old Del Beckham, it, old Del Beckham, it's going to be the uh, th- Thursday's game. Uh, the, the Thanksgiving was the old Del Beckham What if he Bowl. runs a 4-7-40? Yeah. Ex- then what do you do? Exactly. No, no, not one person with, with all these OBJ sweepstakes have been talking about, does he still have it? Because, and that's not, uh, you know, b- being um, detrimental with uh, to... Odell, we're talking about a guy who's had two ACL surgeries in two years. So that you're right, number one. Number two, does he fit into what they want to see as a teammate? And number three, which is equally important, whether they want to fit him in as a teammate or not, how much, Scott? Oh, we got to make to pay this guy. I saw you reaching for your wallet. Yeah, yeah, not my wallet. <laughs> ain't, ain't not my wallet. How much, Scott? Oh, and Gelt and dinero and Moolahs and Rubles and everything else. Because if that's what he's looking for, it ain't happening here. They're not breaking the bank to bring Odell Beckham Jr. here. They, they don't have the cap room. It's just that simple. And quite frankly, over the course of the next year, year and a half, They've got a lot of young foundational pieces that they're going to have to resign. So you can't also come up with the excuse like, well, oh, they'll have the money next year. They can give him as whatever they whatever he needs to bring him here. No, that'd be irresponsible. Because you have several players, and Joe Shane's already mentioned yeah. how he has foundational players such as Jones and Barkley and Thomas and McKinney. Guys at love. Uh, Guys he has to take care of. You mentioned five big names that are factors in the core moving forward. You know, so I couldn't agree with you more. 201-939-4513, little business. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of it, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts before we open up the phone lines uh folks make sure you go subscribe to uh the giants huddle podcast the podcast features a rapid reaction right after each and every game for you with one of our analysts an episode midweek featuring an interview with a national analyst and then you get a pre uh game preview featuring a long form interview with a current giants player an exclusive sit down with 
our very own Bob Papa, head coach Brian Dable, and an opponent preview of that week's opponent. So search for Giants Huddle on your favorite podcast platform or listen on the Giants app or at Giants.com slash podcast. Having said that, once again, the number for you nice people to call, 201-939-4513. You're here with Russ Salzberg and Paul Dottino. And what do you say we open up our phone lines today, Paulie, with our good friend in Delaware, Coach Marvin. Hey, Coach Marv, how are you? I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was good. How you doing, Paul? I, I hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. Yes, sir, Coach. Thanks for calling back. What's up, Coach? Yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't great during dinner time, but it was a good uh, <laughs> meal. Um, I was just listening to you guys talking about Odell Beckham. Um, I mean, nobody knows what's going on here. We don't know his health. We don't know what he's looking for. Um, there's a reason the Giants are bringing him in because if it's Looking at it from the outside, I, I, I think the running teams are the KCs of the world, the Cowboys and Buffalo. Though, if, if it's coming down to you know if he's trying to win a championship, those, those are the three I would probably look at. Um, some reason the Giants are bringing them in, and I due don't diligence, know coach. Due diligence. Yeah, I know the Giants that. wide receivers that, room it, is not all that impressive. They've got to do due diligence. Well, no, that's their job. But but right, they do. But, I, I, but coach, I'm just going to disagree with you on one thing. He can say all what he wants, and it's not just Odell. Anybody could say, "I want to go where it's a championship. I want to go where it's a championship." As George Young, let him rest in peace. Always would look at us and say, "Gentlemen, it's always about." the money and that's what it's about it is all that's right it is that was one of the choices but in some cases it it, it runs down you have these guys they they run out the championship and then after the younger ones they get a championship then what's the next thing they're looking for they're looking to get paid right and then sometimes it goes the other way you got old veterans like uh, von miller who's been traded and now he's moving on to another team and He's made his money. Now he's looking for championships. So it kind of flips back and forth. I agree with you, Russ. It is about money. It's always about money. But it does flip back and forth based on the person. No, I, so I, I just was wondering. I, what I would agree with you on that, Coach. But I, and I would also say this. And listen, I, I've worked in Toronto, so I know Buffalo pretty well because it's like 100 miles away and, and, and some great people there. But, yeah. I, but I would tell you this, knowing Odell Beckham, if it's down to a choice, Dallas and New York, amongst Dallas. other places, got a lot or a lot, lot more appetizing to them than six yeah. feet of snow in the right. winter for Odell Beckham Jr., who likes to, if you will, get around town. If you know what I'm saying, and I, I, I know what you're saying. I, I came, I came back home in New Jersey from uh, Boston. I lived 27 years there in Boston, mm-hmm. so I understand the weather. Um, but the, real quick, the other thing I wanted to talk you, I was talking about next man up, and we're, we're not in a position of next man up. If next man up does work. The problem we have is next men up. We just got too many next men up. Great line. So when you say, I can understand next man up, because, you know, you, you just got one guy filling in for one. Yeah. But once you've got as many, we got hurt. Now you're talking men and not man. Now, next um, group so up. I think that may be the problem. Yeah, no, yeah, that's, a yeah. Good, that's a very good point. You, you know, and, but, you know, again, Coach, 
Nobody wants to hear it. It, it, it. It's amazing. People will look at a situation and, you know, you know whether they'll complain about this guy, whether it was da- Daniel Jones this week or Saquon that week or this person or that person. You, injury, listen, you're a co- coach. Injuries, yes, are part of the game, but you can only do so much with what you have. And if you don't have healthy people, like I'll tell you, it was frustrating. When I woke up Thursday morning to get ready to thinking about the Giants game, Paulie, uh, and, and I'm saying to myself, how the heck are we going to compete in this? And I was really proud of the Giants. They were competing in that first yeah, half. Yeah. I just, they just was, ran out of steam. Of yeah. Coach, if you have one yeah, more point before we let you go, and then I'll follow up on something you just said. But but if you have another point. Uh, yeah, my other point is that we, we were talking about how important this game is. And I thought, personally, um, I was talking about this a couple of weeks ago. I thought the Detroit game was so important to this team that it, it, it could really have helped us in the situation that we're in. And that loss is, I just get this gut feeling, and I can be wrong because nobody knows because that's why they play. But that may be the game when it comes back to us and say, that that's a, it was a tough game, and I knew Detroit would be tough, but that was a game we probably really needed to, to bow down on and, and try to really win that game. Well, and, and I think that's going to be the game we're going to concentrate on well, when the season's as, over. As I said to Paulie, Coach, and, and thanks, Coach Ma, for, for the call. Always a pleasure. As I said to you, Paulie, yeah. w- when we started, 8-3 eight, eight and three would have felt a lot better mm-hmm. than 7-4. Than and four. And It was it, a breathing room game. Yeah, yeah that's, And they didn't get it. Yeah. So now there's no breathing room. Yeah. Now you have to do what you have to do. I, I only point to this, and I've had a lot of people talk to me about, oh, they can't believe the Giants ran into this rash of injuries. What bad luck, because now it's the most important stretch of their schedule. I only want to point out to those folks who believe that, that some years ago, Commissioner Goodell decided that it was better to cluster more of your divisional games because they're more important and they're more interesting and dramatic towards the end of your schedule. Well, they're clustered, all right. And I applaud that. Yeah, I I, I like that, I thought that was an excellent decision by the National Football League. Make your most important divisional games toward the end of your schedule so that those games carry more clout as you are jockeying for playoff position. So... If you're going to applaud that philosophy, and I do wholeheartedly, on my soapbox I do, then you can't cry how unfortunate the timing is of these injuries and how the Giants are now in this predicament. Oh, the schedule's going to be so tough. They have the toughest schedule based on winning percentage down the stretch of any NFL team. Yeah, okay, fine. But these are the games that you've got to win in order to get where you want to go. It's no different than a coach looking a player in the eye and saying, my friend, you want to play on Sunday? Go out and bust your butt and practice and earn your snaps. I looked the Giants in the eye this morning and say, guys, if you want to make the playoffs, go earn it. Go get it done. It's that simple. Well, it, it again, it's there in front of them. And, and uh, look, uh, Joe Shane and Dable and, and his staff have been brought in, and they certainly turn things around. The culture around the Giants on the field, the culture off the field, the culture in the locker room. And quite frankly, you know, Paul and I see it on a daily basis. The culture 
within this room, within this building, has all been changed. The, 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 the dark clouds are not there. You know, it always sucks coming in after a loss. It always does. <laughs> Nobody's happy about it. But it is what it is. And, you know, but it's in front of them. And it's in front of, the, front of them to take care of business. So let's take care of business. 201-939-4513 is the number. Uh, again, it's Russ Salzberg and Paul Dettino. And now it's Scott down in New Mexico. Scott, how are we doing today? Happy holidays. Uh -huh. Happy holidays to you guys. Hi. Uh, I uh, wish you all the best. And uh, you too. I, I have a just a couple of minor points, but maybe you can answer them. Uh, what I'm concerned with: the Giants have pretty much scored offensively about the same for pretty much the whole season. So no matter what changes they make, whether Beckham comes in or not, to me is inconsequential. I always feel that defense wins your football games. And one of the things I wanted to talk about, uh, with all the injuries and so forth, do they have to make some adaptations to the way Wink Martindale is going to play from this point on? The reason I mention it, the Giants, in totality, I think have four interceptions for the entire season, and that's 11 games. And I think they have about 20 sacks. I may be wrong on that, but somewhere yeah. around there. Mm -hmm. And they're not getting to the quarterback as much. And we noticed in the last game that um, they were able to take advantage of the blitzing that Wink Martindale did and were able to, you know, obviously uh, stifle that. So do you feel, either of you, that they have to make adjustments in the defense? Because if they're going to win, and I think they will this week, I think they have to make adjustments on the defense more than they do on the offense. And I'm wondering what your feelings are on that. Well, I'll, I'll just say first, and you know, Wink, uh, then Paul can take over. Wink kind of, you know, addressed that today in talking about it. He was asked, oh, he did. Uh, well, he was asked about sacks, Paulie, if, mm -hmm. if I recollect, and he said, yeah, it's not just about uh, sacks; it's about pressures. It's right. about hits on the quarterback, and, and then he singled out uh, Kayvon uh, Thibodeau for having his best game as a Giant. So, uh, you know. And Ojolari's coming and back and now, too. So that's back. a big deal. And, and you have to remember something, uh, Scott, and then I'll let, let Paul take over. Uh, last week, you know, with getting hurt with blitzes or whatever, last week they were just flat out under man and they were playing with a secondary that was ravaged. I mean, right. they had it on both ends. They had it on offense with nobody to throw to, and they had it on, on defense with nobody to cover who the. Uh, Cowboys were throwing too, so that's that's the problem. All right. First off, we don't know today the status of Cordell Flott, who was in concussion protocol yesterday. Right. I don't know if he's going to be cleared in time enough to play on Sunday. My suspicion is no. So that would be one fewer body you have. However, Fabian Moreau uh, practiced yesterday, and he, in all likelihood, will be prepared for the game. So that's a trade-off, but you gain an experience. So that's somewhat of a positive as far as the secondary is concerned. You, in all likelihood, all systems seem to be go for Ojolari. So you will be adding to the pass rush. That's a good situation. Now, as far as the scheme, well, one of the reasons, and John and I have talked about this for a long time, you know, man-to-man -man defenses tend to get fewer interceptions. And that's just by the very physical nature of how you play. Right. Zones are going to get more picks. 
So that's something that's probably not going to change a whole lot because Wink is still going to rely on pressure to handle most of the business. Now, he made it very clear today when he said, if you want to sit back and only rush three, Heineke will pick you apart. And that's not going to be fun to watch. So he pretty much told yeah, he, the entire media today he's not sitting back. No, he, in fact, he made a point of, yeah, he says, he says then you're just watching him complete passes. He goes, that's going to be a boring afternoon if that happens. Yeah, he's exactly so what, so what he, he's going after this guy. You know, and, and Scott, I'll, I'll use a coach cliche here of talking about complimentary football when you're getting into uh, the situation where you say, like, the defense has to win it. Well, the offense, that's not that's a fair point that you make, Scott, but the offense has to help the defense win it. Of course. But what I mean by that is, you know, uh, minimize the three and outs. Let's not get into too many third and longs. You know, third and six. Third and six is a lot more manageable than third and nine. You know, some of this third troubling part here, and I don't know if people truly understand it because they look at the Giants' rush defense the last couple of weeks and they've given up some pretty nasty numbers, okay? The thing that I think people are missing is that if you look on the whole, average yards per carry, the Giants have been getting gouged off the edges right. more often than they have been gouged between the tackles, especially because Jalen Smith's done a nice job since he slid inside to middle linebacker in Seattle. Right. So what does that tell you? Well, it tells you that their edge rushers are maybe overplaying the pass a little bit by getting after the rush. Okay, they're going for that quarterback, and maybe you know they've had some trouble staying home. Uh, although I think Ward has certainly done a nice job sealing the edge when, when he plays and, and when they've got him out there. But it also tells you how badly they're missing a Dory Jackson, right. who is a really solid hitter and tackler and is really good at run support. And you can't, you can't replace that. That's, that's something that concerns me. I'm going to tell you something. I think that Robinson is one hell of a between-the-tackles runner, and he runs angry. And he, he runs does. with ferocity and intensity. I watched the game last week against Atlanta, and his legs are churning, and he's really going after it. But he doesn't scare me. It's actually Gibson with his quickness off the edges that would be more concerning to me if I'm the Giants this week. I'll tell you okay. who also scares me from the passing game, McLaurin. Do you, he's, a, he's, a, he's a heck of a football player. I agree with you, Russ. Do you see a scenario during the game, and then I'll take your answers off the air, uh, where the Giants, if they have the bodies, will actually use more DBs. In other words, where they might have even five or six DBs in, better not. In, zo in zone coverage, in other words, on third downs. Because that's where they seem to be being beaten, because they had uh, several situations where they were third and nine, third and 15, and they couldn't stop anybody. I'm wondering if it's an adjustment that Wink Martindale has to make, because besides McLaurin, I think their tight end's pretty good. So I'm wondering if they'll, if they'll have a scenario where they'll move a number of different backs. I understand your point, Paul, about the runners that they have, but also they have to, on third down, get off the field, and that's really, I think, the key. But I'll, I'll take your answers off the air. Appreciate guys. it, Scott. Yeah, for, for me... It's more of a pressure thing on third down for Wink. Wink is always going to say pressure first and then secondary second. Now, I know what happened in Baltimore last year. Injuries in the secondary. They didn't get enough pressure, and they got ravaged. I know, that, but that's, that's the way he builds his defenses. And quite honestly, with the depth 
that the Giants have, or should I say lack thereof, where they're playing so many guys deep on the depth chart in their secondary, you can't afford to play any other way. You're going to have to take your chances by getting more pressure, getting more heat, and giving those guys in the secondary a better chance to make plays. You can't do it from the back to the front, given the dearth of experience that guys like uh, uh, McLeod and Rodarius Williams have back there. Right. That's just, that, no, no. The heavy lifting's got to be done by the pressure package. 201-939-4513 is the number. You're listening to Paulie Dots, Paul Dottino, and Russ Salzberg here. A little business to take care of for you Giants fans. Don't miss the second legacy game at MetLife Stadium. That's coming up this very Sunday, December 4th. The team's going to be in their throwback uniforms from the 80s and 90s as they host the Washington Commanders, who we've been talking about. The stadium will be branded in throwback designs, including an exclusive collectible pennant for the first 30,000 fans in attendance. Limited tickets are avail- available, so visit Giants.com tickets to secure your seat today. Russ, I have asked for Parcells and Gibbs to come out for the coin toss, <laughs> but I don't think it's going to happen. You asked for Parcells and Gibbs? As opposed to like Ray Hanley coming out? Oh, did you really need to go there? Yeah, I guess not. I guess not. 201-939-4513 is uh, the number. You know, Paul and I, was have, I say it all the time. Don't get caught up, especially at the beginning of the season or first half of the season, looking at the schedule. Should beat this team, should beat that team. But when you're 7-4 and four and December is starting, it's hard not to look at who's coming up. And I got to tell you, this is a very formidable stretch run that the oh, sure. Giants have. As you were talking about, um, Godell wanted, you know, meaning, uh, you know, division games. I mean, the rivalry is right there. I mean, we're talking Washington, Philly, Washington, Minnesota, Indy, Philly. Oh, my goodness gracious. That is a lot to deal with. You know what, though? Understand this, Russ. The Giants are aware of what's going on here because last week, Evan Neal was very close to being ready to play. So was Ojolari. And they understood. Yeah. Okay? They they can't afford to have these guys go out there, play 15 snaps, and then, oh, we lost them for another three weeks. No. no. Not, not given what's coming up now. That's that's a very good so point. So they held Bellinger out. They held Ojolari out. They held Neal out. All three of those guys were really close last week, and they held all of them out so that they could give them not only this Washington game, but the next several games of the schedule. And I think that is a very prudent decision by the Giants. Well, I, I mean, again, that's... The left hand's got to talk to the right hand, and you know they talk to the training staff, the science staff, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what, Bellinger, when he went down, what game was that that he got hurt in? Jacksonville. Okay, J- Jacksonville game. When he went down, we all gasped, and it, I mean that was like a scary oh, thing. Blood was coming out yeah, of his it, his it, face it, mask. It, it wasn't even just the blood; it was you can tell how scared he was there on the field and that to me was that that was very very scary and and, and at that juncture i said he ain't coming back i mean he he's just not coming back and sure enough i mean the kid looks great i mean he's talking with confidence um i'm sure he'll be wearing a visor 
Uh, looked like he had a clear... John, did you see what color his visor was yesterday? It looked like it was a clear visor from where we could see on the patio. He definitely had one, and he... He had like jumping beans in his pants at practice yesterday. Yeah, no. He was really raring to go. And, and, he, and he did hit, and he said that was a big deal. He no longer has double vision anymore. They still give him eye tests every day to make sure that everything's okay, and it has been. And he said he was able to hit and, and do all the things he needs to do and felt really good. They were concerned uh, asking him, like, how are you going to feel over the next 24 hours if there's any swelling in his face? And if there's any issues there, um, we have not heard anything otherwise. So I assume that all systems are go for him. And uh, that's, again, folks, in the run game, that's a very, very big deal. Uh, you know, another guy, Paul, that, that I can't, you know, we, we were talking before <laughs> about we can't say enough good things about um, Nick Gates. But another guy, a, a different situation, I'm not talking about injury, but another guy, who really deserves a lot of credit, uh, Darius Slayton. Because Darius Slayton almost didn't make this team. Almost didn't make this team. And he had to take a significant pay cut, almost to minimum, bare bones, to come back. A lot of guys would walk around under that circumstance with their tail between their legs, their head hanging. And this guy, I mean... Where who would Daniel be throwing to if it wasn't to D- uh, Darius Slayton? You, yeah, that's a proud <laughs> me. You or Schmelk, <laughs> and that's not going to get you many first downs. No, no, no. I, I will say this: uh, Slayton has always had the tools, but because of various injuries the last couple of years, I think at times it, it, it affected his focus, and and you could see he just wasn't the same player he was as a rookie. Now. He's not all the way back yet, Russ. No, I, no, I didn't say he is, but, but, that's but why I'm still giving him the credit for the way he's been performing. I, I, think, I think Darius Slayton still has more upside than what he has shown the last month or so. But this is at least a close facsimile of what the Giants thought he could be. And, and it's been just absolutely necessary for this offense to get him back. Well, remember, Paul, what do you catch? Like eight touchdowns his first his mm-hmm. rookie season? Uh, I mean, he, we viewed him as what? A number two or a number three receiver? Oh, he's gone, you know, even let, let he's, he went from there to like number one all by his lonesome with no other help. And, and again, I don't want to belittle his teammates in, in the receiver's room, but come on. He, he hasn't had help, you know, and, and that's also uh, kudos to, uh, uh, Daniel, Daniel hasn't had help. I, I mean, you, you, you and I were talking earlier in the season when they were still, you know, before they went, lost these couple of games. You know, how do you assess everybody? All the talk going into the season was they got X amount of games to assess if Daniel Jones right. is going to be the future. And well, how do you, I, you know, I, we, you and I were talking. How do you assess when a guy's got nobody to throw to? So thus far, the assessment's been pretty good because they're seven and four. Well, I will say this about that wide receiver room. Like it or not, this is what you've got. Whether or not OBJ signs, who knows? And even if he does, I'm not counting on any specific type of, of play from him. If he gets here, great. Hope he does well. Absolutely. Why not? But, but as it stands today, this is what the wide receiver room is. And moving forward, 
They need Slayton to continue to be Slayton. They need Richie James, who had five catches last week against Dallas. Yeah. He is now their lead slot receiver, like it or not. Well, the first month of the season, we were singing his praises because very he, much so. We said, "Where did this guy come from?" He was giving them production. Yes. So guess what, Richie James, you got to do it again. They need another month and a half out of Richie James as the lead slot receiver, catching five and six balls a game. He's going to have to do it. There is no end ifs or buts because there's nobody else that they've got on this roster who can handle that position with any type of proficiency, or at least based on their resumes. And then on the other side, on the boundary, right now, it looks like it's Isaiah Hodgins. It looks like he's that other guy because Kenny Galladay continues to be a mystery. Now, I'm sorry, folks. I know you're tired of hearing it. I still hope that Kenny Galladay can somehow wake up and, and give this team something during the stretch. Nobody would welcome it more than I. But it's become increasingly difficult to believe that that will happen. So maybe up to Hodgins to do it. And by the way, when he was a rookie last year in Buffalo, he only played one game. His last year at Oregon State, he caught over 80 passes for over 1,200 yards and 13 touchdowns. His final year in college, he was a very productive 1,000-plus yard receiver. So I don't want to just poo-poo him and say, well, he's just nobody. The guy did do something at a big program. What college did he go to? Oregon State. Oh, I, th I thought you mentioned Yeshiva. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm they just beat fun. Oregon the other night. Yeshiva did? No, Oregon State. <laughs> so so I don't want I don't want to just like totally discount uh Hodgins no, I agree as a with guy you. who can't do anything. At uh, least he had some big numbers in college that last season he was there. But but and before we get back to the phones, 201-939-4513, think about what you're just saying now. We're talking Richie James. We're talking Isaiah oh, Hodgins. I get it. No, and think about I what, get it. going into the season, we're talking about... Galladay, Shepard, Tony. <laughs> I know. Hello. I know. Goodbye. Robinson. Yeah, I get goodbye. it. Goodbye. Yeah. But folks, it. it's time to deal with reality. This is what you've got. Yeah. So you have to assess what you have and say, all right. What is the best you can hope for? What is the upside? What is the max that you can hope for out of the guys who are in that room today? Well, we've seen David Sills enough to pretty much know that he is what he is. I don't know that there's any more upside no. there, which is probably why Hodgins has gotten an opportunity in the last month. You just answered your own question. That's exactly the reason. But, uh, Two's and by the way, David Sills is a good dude. Oh, no, no. And I, and I root for him. Without but, question. But, but the, the I, as we say, there's a reason guys are backups. Yeah, the production well, a, yeah. in the passing game, I think they believe that Hodgins has more upside. 201-939-4513. Let's go down to Georgia and check in with our buddy RJ. RJ, how you doing, pal? You're on with Russ and Paul. Hey, Russ and Paul. What's going on, fellas? What's Hi. going on? All right. Hey, man, look, I can't even tell you how I feel right now. I am so pumped up for Sunday's game. I'm getting ready mentally and physically. <laughs> I'm, I'm there. I, I feel like I, I want to play. I'm 64 years old, but I want to get out there and I want to play. I really want to get out there and play. You, you driving up? No, I'm not coming <laughs> up. I plan on coming up for the, the Eagles game. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm going to watch it here. I'm going to watch it here on Georgia. 
but I'm getting mentally prepared because this, to me, is the biggest game of the year. Well, so it, is. It, 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 it is. It is for a couple of reasons. Number one, you want to stop the bleeding. Okay, that's right. without question. You know, you want to stop the bleeding. They they hadn't lost two games in a row. This was the first time, so you want to stop the bleeding. And there's no better time to stop the bleeding when you're in a playoff push. They are in the playoff push. December is starting. And not only are they in a playoff push, but they're beginning that playoff push against a divisional opponent who's right behind them, breathing down the necks. I, I mean, you know, it's very feasible. You know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that everybody in the NFC East could make the postseason, RJ. It, 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 I agree 100%. Yeah, it, it, it's it's crazy, you know, as it sounds, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. The, you know, the reason it becomes a little crazier to think about is because some of these teams, you know, have to beat each other, in particular the Giants and, and the Commanders. But, uh, right. no, it's it's... Look, it's all there. At the beginning of this season when Paulie and I were talking, and you'll remember, Paul, we were talking, Russ, what do you think the Giants record would be? Paul, what do you think the Giants record would be? And, and I said 8-9, maybe 9-8. and eight. You were saying 9-8. Right, and eight. Right. You would, 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 I had be, them for eight wins. Yeah. So, with the potential of uh, possibly not, 10 not, if everything goes great. No, but 8-9, but 9-8. Eight, nine, nine and eight, So they're at 7 right now. Go take care now, of it. don't we have... Now, not to cut you guys off, but don't we have four guys returning? One being Evan Neal, hopefully. A w- a one being Evan Neal, hopefully. Uh, Paulie, you had the thing. It was Evan Neal returning. Yeah, uh, Neal's, Neal's, Neal's on track to be back. Aziz Ojolari returning. Well, I mean, we talked about that. Bellinger. Uh, Bellinger. Moreau. Moreau. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're getting, so we have all our dogs coming back. Not all of them. Said, Washington's still a healthier team right now than the Giants right. are. And and, right. and and I hate to say this, my man. But it's really the truth. Right now, week to week, somebody said to me, what do you think the Giants are, make, uh, chances are making the playoffs? So how, how many games they are going to win the rest of the way? I said, you know what? Check with me every Sunday morning what the injury list is. <laughs> and then we'll talk about what's going to happen at 1 o'clock that day. Are you kidding me? I can't even tell you four or five days out from this game who's going to win this one. That's- seriously that's that's what it's come to in this league with the quicksand of mediocrity that the nfl is more often than not your injury list on sunday morning is going to have a heavy factor or impact in terms of who's got a better chance to win the game that's what it's become i love your point man and 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 you are correct and i have one more thing too go ahead rj Um, please you can't tell me and i know it's kind of a bad note you can't tell me that Kenny Galladay is this bad. He, we need that dude so bad to uh, step up. Uh, last RJ, who is incredible, buddy. Thank you for the call. Uh, Paulie and I shake our heads every day. I've never seen anything like it. Ne- ne- never. I-, I will tell you this: as long as I'm covering football, in particular, covering this team in this locker room, a guy I look at as a good guy, a guy I look at. As not a dog, uh, I don't. He doesn't give you a half-ass attitude or half-ass effort. I just don't know. As Paul uses the term mystery, uh, did somebody lose it? Did something happen? It's I can't figure it out. I do not understand. It it truly is one of the biggest mysteries of my forty years covering this you, team. You, you know, I'm you, not joking. P- people can say I'm blown away by it. People can say, "Well, how did you figure signing this guy and, and this and that?" Nobody could figure that. This this is a complete mystery. Cannot and, and by figure the way, it out. 
by the way, after practice yesterday, Galladay, yeah, Galladay, you know saw, yeah. And, and Jones, and Jones were out there, were out there working, working on passing Alone. routes and working on throws. Yeah. Okay. So, anybody out there? I know there's a ton of you out there who don't really like Kenny Galladay very much because he hasn't given you what what, what you, you wanted. Want. But this guy cares. Yeah, and no. and there he is out there after practice catching routes on the sideline from Daniel Jones. That happens. To okay, be, that that is the truth. He's still out there working extra. Just know that before you you dump on him. Okay. Two. What's up? I'm John Wall, and I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zero one nine three nine four five one three. Let's go uh, across the pond Let, to merry old England and check in with Richard. Hello, Richard. You're on with Russ and Paul. How you doing? Yeah, Hello. hi Russ, hi Paul. A long time listener, first time caller. Well, welcome. Great to talk to you guys. <laughs> and uh, um, I'm actually coming to the game this weekend. So um, excellent. I, I, I hope you're not driving. <laughs> hey do do yourself a favor and us a favor stop over and see us uh, over on the uh, west side of the stadium uh, with the radio pregame beforehand the metlife gate. Met gate as john likes oh, to remind me because i got to get those sponsors in there yeah absolutely and and yeah so fly over saturday and then i'm down to dallas for worst 50 days but look guys i just wanted to ask you a little bit around um landon collins you know uh up against potentially his, you know, his old team. And uh, you know, is this the week that they're elevating, do you think? I've been waiting the last couple of weeks for them to get him up. Is, is it a money thing? Is it because it's his third elevation? What do you think? Could we see him in now? Yeah, he's got one elevation to go. He did express some frustration when he was talked to yesterday about, hey, you know, it's Washington, a team he knows well. He's itching and, and, and trying to get back in. Uh, the Giants are very concerned every week about specific matchups. And for whatever reason that Wink Martindale believes that he would not have been the proper guy the last couple of weeks, they've not activated him. Now, you're right. He has one activation left where they could use him as a practice squad promotion and pay him a cut rate. Once they make that third move, now they've got to decide what to do with him. Because he can't be brought up as a practice squad activation anymore. And if he does come up to the 53, he's going to have to get a regular veterans minimum salary full-fledged for the rest of the season. So economically, it is going to cost the Giants some money. And we all know they don't have a lot for whenever they have to make that move. But it doesn't excuse the fact that the practice squad activation that he has remaining 
uh, has not been used yet. Uh, uh, he did say that he thought by Thursday during the week, that's when he figures out or knows if he's going to play on Sunday. And, and you know, Richard, uh, the, the, to Paul's point, talking about money, I, I can tell you this about the Giants on you know, we're not talking about Odell Beckham Jr. signing. We're talking about Landon Collins. They're not being cheap. I mean, Wink is very smart, and so is Dave's. If they coach game to game, and they really do. And if this guy, in Wink's mind, if he's looking, he says, "We need this guy for this game." They're going to get this guy for this game. It's just a matter of, you know, you got to trust Wink, and so far he's given you a lot of reason to trust him. I mean, Collins did get two activations, and I thought he played okay in those games. He didn't necessarily have a huge impact, right. although you could argue that the tackle uh, down at, in Jacksonville at the goal line, he was part of that team. There were like four guys who were in on that hit to make sure that the receiver did not cross the plane and the Giants held on to that game. That's probably, to this point, the biggest play that he's made in the two games he did get activated for. Right. Anything else, Richard? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, just the, the last thing I was going to say is, you know, if you look at where we are right now, um, you know, where do you think we need to make, you'd like to see the biggest improvement is it, you know, particularly with the young guys maybe in the secondary, or do you think it's really in that receiving core where we where we need to make that improvement? Do you mean this week or the rest of the season, or you're talking next year already? I, I think I think the rest of this season. You uh, know, uh, right uh, now, if we want to get in the playoffs, where uh, do we need to uh, see the big boy, improvement? I, I think the improvement needs to come. Paul might disagree. I think the improvement needs to come from the receiving core. Uh, uh, w- w- there was a problem last week because last week in the secondary was because the guys that they had were out. Uh, the, the receiving core has been a problem with guys being healthy all year. I think we, like you, you know, Paul, you said it. We need Richie James to be the Richie James that he was earlier on. We need to see that. Darius has to step up, and from our mouths to God's ears, let let the mystery with Kenny Galladay be solved, but we can't count on that. So that's, you know, if you're asking me, I'd say the biggest needs to be the receiving call. Paul, you're? I'll say this. The Giants are averaging about 150 yards a game on the ground for the season. Mm. But in the last month, right. that's not been happening. So for me, they got to get back to averaging at least 130 and 140 yards a game on the ground. Because as challenged as those receivers are, if the ground game isn't going, I just don't see how, even if they well, step that, up that, with their limitations and their low ceiling, I don't think that's enough to win. And you know what, Rich? They need to run the ball. To Paul's point, we're getting back to that old cliche, complimentary football. If you can run the ball, then it's easier going to be for you to pass the ball. And, you know, vice versa. If you're able to pass the ball, it's easy. For, you know, it really is. The knee bone's connected to the shin bone and blah, 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 but... That's the case, buddy. So, all right, Rich. Yeah, hoping that, hoping that the O line, you know, we're, you know, a few players coming back on there that will help us out in the run game, and maybe then we can get the passing going. But yeah, I think uh, yeah, got to see some of these receivers getting separation and uh, uh, and, and you know making the catches. You know, some of them are tough plays, but yeah, you've got to make those tough plays. Uh, uh, all right, Richard. Cheerio and call again.
Richard from London, very nice. 201-939-4513. Got about seven minutes left in the show. Let's go down to Columbia, Maryland and check with our good buddy, Len. How are you, Lenny? How you doing today, pal? Hey, doing good. Doing good, Russ. Um, hey, uh, I like you. First of all, I, I think we roll on Sunday. Stop the run. Run the ball. I know it sounds old-fashioned, but that's the key on Sunday. That's the key. I liked your assessment, Paulie, of the two defensive uh, linemen uh, on the commanders, Allen and Payne. Uh, they are they are very good, but it but it's more than their physicality, Paul. I, I do get a chance, to, unfortunately, to watch this team because I live down this way, but um, it's it's more than their physicality. They work together very well. Mm-hmm. They're an outstanding and, duo. And, um, you know, as two old boxing fans, Russ and, and Paulie, uh, you, you are, I'm sure, remember the story about the heavyweight contender whose uh, right hand could knock over a building, but if the building moved, and that's mm-hmm. what you've got to look for on Sunday, these guys can move. Len, I mean, I, they, I, are, they are really good. I've really only good. watched I've only watched two of the uh, Washington games uh, from re- the last two weeks. I-, I really wanted to watch a little bit more as the week progresses. What I did find to be a problem in terms of Washington's rush defense, and they're going to want to clean this up when those two defensive tackles line up apart in a wide nine kind of defensive alignment. You can yeah. gash them up the middle all day long, from what I've seen. You know, Paulie, you're, you are absolutely right. I've seen and it. They do that. They do that more than you would think mm-hmm. they would want to do that. I'm, I'm I don't not know sure why. What they see, I'm not sure what they see in that alignment. Well, I you, think, you are I, absolutely right. I think, Len, it's because they're so concerned with their pressure on the quarterback because they know they've got all these studs that can wreck a QB. So I think they lean towards that alignment more than they should because I'm telling you, man, look at how they're exposed. Right in the center of that defense, right between those guys, you could, you yeah, could, yeah. Absolutely. There's daylight that I could shine a flashlight through it. Yeah. Hey, listen, I got a quick one for Russ here. I got to chide you a bit, Russ. I thought my story about the heavyweight contender would get a chuckle out of you, man. You didn't even give me a laugh. No, 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 no. <laughs> you want to know the truth, honey? I swear to you. You know why I didn't laugh? I was but, trying to think who were you talking about? Somebody in particular? Oh, I swear I to you. No, no. I- <laughs> You know, because I was thinking, here's exactly what I was thinking. See, when you said heavyweight, I thought, well, then he's thinking about somebody in particular. If you would, if you would have said just a fighter, because I, the analogy I use all the time is this: if you're in a ring, and and you know me, I'm a big fight guy. I know you are. I know you are. When you're in a ring, and the worst case scenario for any fighter, I don't care if it's flyweight, bantamweight, middleweight, super middle, light, heavy, heavy. The worst thing for a fighter is when he hauls off and lands a bomb right on the jaw of his opponent and the opponent looks back and doesn't blink and the guy <laughs> says, holy bleep, yeah. what the hell did I get myself into? Honest to God. That, that used to be yeah. smoking Joe Frazier until George Foreman yeah, got him no, in Jamaica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, but that's exactly the, that's exactly the case so i mean to me but that's what you need to do this week you need to punch them in the mouth 
Well, I've been saving that one for you, Russ. Hey, listen, let me, let me, let me say something about the urgency with which this team plays. You've got to be ready to play the fourth quarter against the commanders. I'm not sure where it comes from. The sense of urgency out of these guys, I mean, it is, it's really something to watch for. Um, We've we got to be ready to play the fourth quarter. Well, I mean, well, they are. Lenny, thanks for the call, buddy. But, okay. I, you know, in all fairness, when you talk about the Giants this season, boy, they've been ready to play the fourth quarter. They've been plenty to ready, ready to play the second halves. I mean, that's been their strong point. Here's part of the problem when you're playing the Washington team, okay? And I know that it came down to Payne deflecting a pass near the goal yeah. line and, and they get the fuller interception, and that's why they held on and beat Atlanta last week. But the real problem is that McLaurin has such an osmosis type of relationship with Heineke. Tremendous. It's I, you, you heard ridiculous. what I said. I, I think the guy has been a terrific player ever well, since he joined that team. There's never been a question about his ability, but his, his meshing with Heineke is ridiculous. Their chemistry, their understanding, their intuition for each other they're one of the scariest combinations. And I'm not saying that Heineke is one of the best quarterbacks in this league because he's not. In fact, in my opinion, he would be uh, the upper tier of the second half, the lower half of the NFL. I don't think he's that great. I think he's okay. okay. Functional. Well, you, But you know what? But, but him and Heineke have such a connection that it makes them incredibly dangerous. And here's what happens in the fourth quarter. If you're playing that prevent defense, or you're trying to hold on to a lead, all of a sudden those two guys click that switch, they know where each other's going to be, they know how to do the scramble drill, they know how to run those routes when his guy's in trouble, and all of a sudden, boom, 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 darts right down the field, and before you know it, you're in the soup. That's the problem. Him and and uh, McLaurin have such a, a, a meshing going on that they can burn you if you're if you're not more than a score ahead, yeah, but you, you know, Paul, that goes. I know that goes exactly to what we've been talking about with the Giants' receivers this year. It's been hard for 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 Daniel to mesh with anybody. I mean, well, he doesn't have anyone it, like that. The only guy he has is is uh, Darius, who he came up with, and you know that's what he has. So, but that being the case, listen, again, it starts December four. You know, there there is what six games left in the season. Six yeah. games left in the season. Go take care of business. That's it. Do what you need to do, and uh, you'll be in the postseason. If you don't, you won't. And, folks, that is a wrap on today's edition of uh, Big Blue Kickoff Live. Thanks for being part of it. Remember, the Giants platforms, you can listen everywhere and on Giants.com slash podcasts. Our thanks to the captain here, John Schmelk, taking controls today for Pearson Butler, to my buddy Paul Dettino, and as always, you the fans, I'm Russ Salzberg. Thanks for being part of Big Blue Kickoff Live. We will talk to you nice people next week. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.